All right. Uh, so we are continuing our sermon series going through the book of James called Where Faith Meets Life. And uh, just kind of a recap of just the what that means is we are looking at the book of James and just how practical our faith is. Again, how our faith is not just one part of our life, but how our faith encompasses every part of our life. How our faith is not just one small aspect, but it's what we use to, to view every other things. How we view other people, how we view our own lives, how we view how we interact with others, things like that. And so we want to look about how our faith is applied in life, where faith meets life. And so tonight we're going to be looking at just two verses. Uh, so if you have your copy of God's Word, we're going to be in James chapter 4, looking at verses 11 and 12. If not, it's on the back of y'all's uh, notes that you have as well that you can follow along with. And just, who are you to judge? You know, just looking at uh, what that means, what that looks like, and just how, what, how we, as followers of Christ, are to respond. So before we get into that, here's what I want to do. Is, uh, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to start showing a series of pictures on the screens. And I just, if you want to make comments, you can, if you want, whatever. I just kind of, that way I can hear your thoughts as we go through some of these. So um, I'm going to show you just different pictures. And I'm just curious to know like, how people react to some of these. So let's go through some of these. We got, we got Patrick Mahomes. Got, got Tom Brady. Got Tim Tebow. Okay. All right. Just recently got married, by the way. Yeah, no. Yeah. We got Nick Saban. We got Dabo Sweeney for Clemson. We got Hillary Clinton, Senator Hillary Clinton. We got former President Barack Obama. Chris, we got we got Taylor Swift, T Swift. We got Justin Bieber. The Beeps. We got Kanye. We got Kanye West closed on Sundays. All right, so, hold on, everybody, everybody rein it in for a sec. Everybody rein it in for a sec. So I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something. As we went through, y'all made a judgment off someone simply by a picture or by actions that maybe they've done. Okay, maybe they did defeat your favorite team. Maybe it is someone that just wins a lot and you don't like them. Maybe it's someone that you don't agree with, whether it be sports-wise, whether it be politically, or whatever else. And you audibly showed your affirmation or sounded like a lot of hate for someone by the words you said. You had a gut reaction, and it came out. And so what I want us to look at is you passed judgment off someone. And so what I want us to look at tonight in James is that if we truly are a follower of Christ is we should be the least 
judgmental people. Is that as we look at these different people, as I go through this, we look at these different people. Is instead of viewing them as an enemy, instead of viewing them as well, they're not truly as strong in their faith, or I don't think they're a Christian at all, or they're just, they're beyond saving. What I instead want us to look at is how they're people made in the exact same image of God as we are. And they are in just as need of Jesus as we are. Whether we agree with them or whether we disagree with them. That they are just as much in need of a savior as we are. Because here's the thing. We as as fallen, sinful human beings, we are prone to judge others. We're prone to judge others. We're prone to elevate ourselves above others. And a lot of times we want to make ourselves seem better than we are. Or maybe we want to bring down others. And so what I want us to truly understand is that our main point is we are all under judgment and we are all in need of a savior. And that one and only savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. That we are all under judgment. We are all under judgment. We are all in need of a savior. What we're going to look at tonight is that if we are all under judgment, then we have no room to judge others. But instead it should leading us to love others. We are all under judgment and all in need of a Savior. And that one and only Savior is our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, like I said, we're looking at James chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Um, you can either follow it on, uh, in your Bibles or on the verses on the backside. So let's look at James chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. This is the word of the Lord. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Let's pray real quick. Dear God, thank you so much just for tonight. Thank you for the worship as we look to you. I pray as now as we look at your word that I will just hide behind your word and let it speak for itself. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just free up anybody from any distractions, from their phones, from their neighbors, from anything maybe that's going on at school or at home in their own personal life, that you will just free us up. You will open up our hearts, open up our minds and grab our attention to hear from you to grow more in our faith, to become more like your son, Jesus, as we look at this. So again, I pray that I will just hide behind your word. I pray I'll hide behind your cross and just let it speak for itself, that what is your truth will be what remains and takes root in people's hearts, and that what is just simply my opinion or my words will be forgotten. So I pray all of this, have all this be up to you, and just you be over all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so there's two main points that James wants us to get out of this, okay? That if we are all under judgment and in need of a savior, there's two things we need to understand. And the first one is to slander others is to slander Christ. So like it says in verse 11, do not speak evil against one another brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So it's talking about brothers, meaning brothers and sisters. So meaning those fellow followers of Christ, 
This is kind of referring to like inner church debates that people might have that can just devolve and degenerate into name calling, into just malicious intent and slandering people. And ultimately it could lead to false accusations that instead don't help build people up, but instead tears people down and tears down our witness. We are not to maliciously attack fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And what I want us to do is how it says, like, you're being a judge of the law, above the law. How I want us to view law in this passage is like commands of Christ. Because I know sometimes we can come up in law and think, okay, that's Old Testament. But law, well, that's can also mean the commands of Christ that carries over. And it says, do not speak evil against one another. A definition of evil, what it means by this, it's to charge falsely with malicious intent. It's to attack the good name and reputation of someone. It says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. And what it means by judge, it means to evaluate, to form a critical opinion of something or someone, either positive or negative, by examination or scrutiny. It's like at the beginning, I showed different pictures and y'all formed a critical opinion of someone, whether it be positive or negative, by what I showed you. Some you loved and had a very positive view. Some negative. And I could hear it in both, in both responses of that. But here's the thing is we are not to speak evil against a fellow brother or sister in Christ or judge another brother and sister in Christ. Is that when we speak evil against a fellow brother or sister, a fellow follower of Christ, then we ultimately are speaking evil against Christ himself. Because we are, as scripture says, we are the body of Christ. We are to be picking each other up. We are to be building each other up in love. And so like it says in Ephesians 4, is that we are to remove any types of things. All this slander, malicious intent, all of name calling, anything like that. That's no longer part of who we are. If we are in Christ, we are to build each other up in love. We are to be tender hearted towards one another. Because all of us are fallen, broken, sinful human beings, all in need of grace, all striving after Christ together. And what does that convey to a watching world if we are supposed to be united? Instead, we are name calling each other. And we're slandering each other. And we're falsely accusing one another. Let me ask you this. Think about this. Are there people in your life you watch what they do and think that you're better than them? Could be a classmate. Could be a coworker. Could be a teammate. Maybe could even be someone in this room for all we know. Are there people you have looked at and questioned even if they truly are a Christian? Whether it be by social media. Whether it be by actions they do. Words they say thing is when we judge those people we are elevating ourselves above those people instead we as christians should be the humblest people and judgmental free because here's the thing speaking evil false accusations normally comes from a place of jealousy in our hearts in fact we looked at james 3 13 through 18 a few weeks ago back in december how we looked at wisdom from above and wisdom from below and what those things produced And we saw that wisdom, earthly wisdom, is something that is rooted in bitter jealousy and envy. Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. And that's wisdom from below. And what James described it as, it was earthly, it was unspiritual, and it was demonic. And then when we judge others, we are judging the very law itself. And this ultimate law that it's talking about, that James has talked about throughout the scriptures, is the ultimate law is we are to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
And also that we are to love our neighbor as ourself. In fact, he says this in James 2, 8, where he says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So if we truly want to fulfill the law, then we will love our neighbor as ourselves. But if we are speaking evil and if we are judging our neighbors, then we are doing the total opposite of that. The thing is, when we slander others, then when we slander fellow Christians, we are conveying to a watching world that we pick and choose which laws we are willing to follow. And the thing is, what I want us to see is we aren't to elevate ourselves above the commands of Christ, but to submit to them. We aren't to pick and choose which of Christ's commands, but we are to obey them and let that shape our lives. Because here's the thing, failure to do, failure to obey, failure to submit to Christ and his law is implicit denial of the authority of the law and that law giver. So however high our view of God and his law and his commands are, by not obeying him and by not obeying his law is saying to a watching world that we do not have that high view of God or his commands. That when we pick and choose, when we judge others, we are picking and choosing which ones we think are okay to follow. Uh, a way I've heard this described is kind of like cafeteria Christianity. Maybe you're at like a buffet, you go, okay, I want some of that. I want a little bit of that. Oh, you can keep that. Oh, I don't want so much of that. Oh, give me a lot of that, a lot of grace. Oh, mm, I don't want so much of like, oh, man, I have to like be disciplined or follow Christ, deny myself and things like that. Follow him. Oh, you can keep that. When we judge others, when we slander others, whether it be our neighbors, whether it be our classmates or teammates, or especially fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, then we're picking and choosing which laws, which commands we choose to obey. The thing is to slander others is to slander Christ. And so if that leads, if it's truly, if we slander others, we're slandering Christ. The one we must understand is the second main point is that Christ is the only lawgiver and judge. Christ is the only lawgiver and judge. I mean, in fact, it explicitly says there in verse 12, there is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. Because like we said, we looked at how in James 3, 13 through 18, that wisdom from above and wisdom from below, how wisdom from below, it's, it's rooted in bitter jealousy and selfish ambition and it leads to disorder and every evil practice. But we saw that wisdom rooted in Christ is first pure. It's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, it's full of mercy. When we're judging others, we're slandering others, there is no mercy in that. That's not peaceable, but it causes disorder. That's why we, we're fallen human beings, so when we're elevating ourselves above the law, we're using our own wicked, evil hearts to judge others. And that's what we're basing our morality off of. What we need is we need is a pure law. We need someone that's pure, removed from all of that. And that's Christ. We, when we elevate ourselves above the law, then we are putting ourselves in a position that says we are able to judge. Basically, when we judge others, we are putting ourselves in the position of God. And like I said, we pick and choose. We want to follow things. So here's an illustration. All right. How many of you are drivers? How many are currently driving right now? All right. How many of you, when you're on the highway, when you are driving and you have someone speed right by you, you go, are you kidding me? Someone should pull that person over. How dare they? 
Where are the cops when you need them? Where are the cops when you need them? How come they're not pulling them over? But when we're in that position and the cops pull us over because we're speeding going really fast, well, that's just unfair. I mean, I was only going a little over the speed limit. I mean, that's only a suggestion, right? The speed limit. Or something I heard in Extreme Winter. Man, no cop, no stop. <laughs> see, we like to, see, we like to pick and choose. We want, we want it to benefit us when it's judging others. When it comes to us, no, 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 no. We're above that. We're above the speed limit. Thing is, when we speak evil and judge another, is we are saying we are superior to that person. And we are denying the command to love our neighbor and we are placing ourselves in the position of God. When we elevate ourselves above Christ and his commands, we're placing ourselves in a bigger authority than him. And the thing is, that is how we came under judgment in the first place. Think about this. When Adam and Eve were first in the garden, they saw these things and Satan was like, did God really say this? And so Adam and Eve thought, okay, then I guess we know better than God. We, we, know, we obviously know this is what's better for us. And that led to us being under judgment in the first place. I, I, I want us to think, I want us to imagine this. Uh, how many of you currently have jobs right now? All right. So imagine, so imagine you, you go into your boss's office and you say, okay, I'm only going to come in these days this week. I'm going to come in at this time. This is how much I want to get paid. And uh, you're going to be cool with that. How well do you think that's going to go over? How well do you think that's going to go over? If you're telling your boss, the one that has all authority, to establish the parameters of your job, what you're going to do. It's probably not going to go over well, right? You're probably not going to last long at that job or even the interview if you get to that point. Yet, that is exactly how we treat our relationship with Christ when we pick and choose how we want to follow. Is that when Jesus is giving these parameters, these commands of what he wants us to do for our flourishment, for our enrichment, for our betterment, and we're going, mm, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick and choose these. I'm going to choose which ones I want to instead. Is we're elevating ourselves above that. Like I said, Adam and Eve thought the same thing. They thought, okay, I know what's best for us. Obviously, we want this fruit. So we're going to have the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And that's what had judgment enter into the world and leading us in need of a savior to begin with. Like I said, when we speak evil against one another, we are showing wisdom from below. Which James talks about how it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And this wisdom leads to disorder in every vile practice. But instead, we as followers of Christ, we are to seek wisdom from above. Wisdom, like it says, that is pure. Because our hearts are wicked. So we need something that is pure, that is outside of ourselves. Wisdom that leads to peace in every good practice. Wisdom that sees that we are in need of a savior. Because naturally, our hearts want to elevate ourselves. So instead, we must humble ourselves. So think about this, that, that if we are not above the law, that if we want to raise ourselves above this, that if we need something outside of ourselves, we need something else that's above us to be a lawgiver and a judge. There is only one person who is without evil, without prejudice, who is pure, 
and that is able to give the law and judge others by that law. And that is Jesus Christ. So think about this. Jesus Christ is the only one who has the right to judge us and condemn us, but instead chose to take our judgment onto himself. Instead chose to take the punishment for our judgment and condemnation onto himself. Jesus took on the punishment that we deserve. Think about this. Jesus could have slandered and spoke evil about us for all the things, because he knew all that we were going to do, past, present, future. Okay? He knew everything about us from, from eternity past to eternity future. He knew everything about us before we were ever born. He could have spoke evil about us, but instead he calls us to repent and believe in him. That Jesus has every right to judge us, to condemn us, to punish us. But instead, he took on the punishment for himself. And he calls us to come home to him. So what right do we have to judge others if the only one who was able to judge us decided instead to take on that judgment upon himself? In James 2.13, it says how we are instead to speak and act as those judged under the law of liberty or under the law of grace or under mercy, if you will. The very mercy that Jesus lavished upon us when dying on the cross as a payment for all of our sins for all of time. Because here's the thing, the reason that there is mercy is because judgment had to fall. And Jesus said, I will take on the judgment. I will take on the punishment. I will take on all of this. And he did. He did to free us from underneath that judgment. So if we were to understand this, that if we have no right to judge, that if, that if Jesus has every right to judge us, the one we are in need of, he's the one that could have done whatever you want. He could have judged us, condemned us, anything. And instead he said, no, I'm going to take on judgment myself. He had every right to slander us, every right to speak evil and said, no, 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 no. That person's made in the image of my father. And I will do anything to have that person in my family. Yes, I know their past. Yes, I know what they've done. Yes, I know everything that they might going to do. But I'm still going to die on the cross and make a way for them to find true forgiveness. Because here's the thing. We were once under that judgment if we were a follower of Christ. We were the one astray. We were the one lost. And imagine while we were lost, while we were astray, doing all these just dumb things, running to what pleased us if other people were judging us. How does that point us to a loving father? is that there's things, even when we become a Christian, there's things we still struggle with. And imagine if instead of building each other, we're all judging each other. Like, well, can they truly be a Christian? They listen to this kind of music or if they do this type of thing or they fall into this type of sin. Now, what I'm saying is this is not saying that we are not to exercise church discipline and discipline others and things like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we're to just be totally grace-free or totally grace-filled and just we let everything pass. So, yes, there is a standard that we're to hold by. There is truth that we are to obey. But it's in order to build each other up and point us to Christ, not tear each other down and elevate ourselves. 
And the ultimate example of this is Jesus. That we are to be the most merciful because we have been shown the greatest of mercies. So let me ask you this. Are you being more merciful to others or more judgmental to others? Does your life reflect a life that has been saved by mercy? That when you look at others, are you looking at them for just their circumstances, for what they're involved in, maybe their political beliefs, their, their school they go to, how they dress, how they look? Or do you look beyond the surface and you look at them in someone in need of a savior, just as we are in need of a savior? Do you look at someone that Jesus died for? Because imagine if, imagine if someone didn't look at us that way. They just judged us by our past. They judged us by just what we were doing. And instead looked beyond that and got the eyes of Christ and saw us for who we truly were. It's difficult. It's difficult. Why? Because our hearts are sinful. And we want, we want to view people. We want to lower others and elevate ourselves. We want, we want to judge others and say there's no way. But instead, we are to build each other up in love. And we looked at some of these. One of the biggest ones is Kanye West. When he got saved, people think, well, can he truly be saved? Look at all the evil stuff he's done. Can God truly save someone after all that he's done? Yes. Yes, he can. And he can save all of us. And he can save that friend, that coworker, that teammate, that family member that you think is just too far gone. He can save them too. Because instead, instead of judging others, we should be just showing mercy and love to those people, pointing them to a savior. So does your life, are you being more merciful to others or more judgmental? And does your life reflect a life that has been truly saved by mercy, that truly believes in Christ and that he can save others, that truly believes that he is worth everything. Here's what I want to do. Maybe there's some of you in here tonight that, that that's been you. You've been, you've been very judgmental to others or maybe it's something that's revealing in your heart that, that something you need to work on, but instead you're putting that to others. You're comparing yourself to others. I'm here to tell you that it's, that it's okay, that you can let your guard down, that you can surrender that to Christ. That look, we are all in need of grace. We are all in need of mercy. And here's the thing, we are all family here. Maybe there's some of you in here that, that you've never had a relationship with Christ and just you've, you've truly known, okay, wow, there, that God took on punishment that I deserved, that I've been just judging others and running to all these other things, trying to elevate myself and nothing's working. I'm here to tell you that the only thing that will work and last and sustain is the gospel. And that if you'll repent of those sins, if you'll turn away from those things, if you'll turn to Christ and believe in him, believe in his finished work, his death, burial, and resurrection, that you can be saved tonight, that you can have mercy beyond measure lavished upon you. Maybe there's some of you knew that you are a follower of Christ and that it is really difficult to not judge others. That in a social media saturated world, it is so easy for us to look at others and judge others based off 
pictures and captions and other things. Like, are they truly a Christian or they're so fake or whatever else? That you can let your guard down on that. That you don't have to put up that front either. You don't have to judge others. That you can submit that to Christ and you can find forgiveness tonight. That the gospel is just as much for you. It's for us every single day. Maybe there's some of you that you have been, you've looked and you've seen your need for a savior every single day and that's led you to loving people more and more and more. My encouragement is to continue proclaiming the gospel to yourself every single day, continually coming to Christ and seeing your need for him, seeing your need for a savior, seeing your need for grace and coming to him to be able to have that each day to then go out into a watching world, a dying world, a world in need of hope to show them the greatest hope that they could ever find. To be able to show them mercy beyond measure. To show them grace beyond comparison. To say you don't have to be judged. You don't have to fall into the category of you're being judged by your outer appearance, your beliefs, or things like that. That there's a Savior who loves you and cares for you. And you can come alongside other believers in that. So what I want to do is I want to pray. And I want us to have a time of response. Maybe there's something in this that that God has laid on your heart. Maybe there is a sin that he's revealed that you want to give to him. Maybe there is someone that he put on your mind that you need to go ask forgiveness for or go forgive them. Maybe there's something that a truth that God has laid on your heart that you just want to pray and thank him for. Somebody says, I'm going to pray. And the band is going to lead us in one final song on worship, just to give you a couple minutes, just to write their thoughts down. And they're going to start singing. You can join them whenever you want. Okay? Again, this is between you and God, not you and your neighbor, anybody else. This is between you and God. So again, I'm going to pray, and then we'll enter into a time of response and sing our last song. And after that, we will be dismissed. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you just so, so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you that the one who has all rights, all power, all authority to save or to destroy decided to come into the world to be able to free us from under condemnation. That the one who has all authority to judge us and punish us instead took on the judgment, faced it, and took on the punishment that we deserve. So God, I pray that we will look to your son, Jesus. I pray that we will see our need for him every single day to conform more into his image. Daily, we will deny ourselves, deny our pride, deny our desires. We will turn to him. We will pick up our cross and we'll follow Jesus wherever he takes us, becoming more like him. That here at LSM, we will be known as people who are not judgmental, but are merciful. That when people walk into this room, they will experience the mercy and love and grace of a caring Savior. That they will go in to their different schools and workplaces, teams, wherever you have divinely placed them. And that they will show that same mercy to those around them that are in so desperate need of it. So Lord, I pray in this time, Holy Spirit, that you will just have us respond to what you have laid on our hearts, to what you've opened up our minds to, and then we can truly pour out our praises before you. That you have called us to something higher and something greater. And that's because of your son, Jesus. And it's in his precious, amazing, gracious name we pray. Amen.